today. I'll be talking about a television channel that started out as a bit of an experiment. It set out to be the first of its kind, and for a while it was, offering unique programming you couldn't get anywhere else. It, I mean, the shows, the hosts, the segments, they were all generally liked. I mean, to this day in the United States, we've never had a network quite like it. However, the channel, as of now, ceased operations, and any trace of it is rather difficult to come by. So how did a television channel with reasonable popularity become relatively extinct? Unfortunately, unlike the last episode about a television network, this particular episode doesn't have much of a happy ending. But just like most subject matter on my podcast, it's one that I love very dearly and something that I feel is important to reflect on. Join me as I go through the channel in question's history in an effort to find out whatever happened to G4 TV, TV for Gamers. I'm John Carlo Danubio, and this is the Nostalgic Journal, a podcast dedicated to looking back at some of the things that I've enjoyed in my youth and trying to figure out why. Back in the early 2000s, NBC and Dish Network decided to create a new channel that was geared towards young adult male viewers. They wanted something similar to a channel called Tech TV, which aired mostly programs about, you guessed it, technology. When G4 launched on uh, April 24, 2002, it aired nothing but Pong for its entire first week. Yeah, that's right. It aired non-stop footage of the world's earliest playable arcade game. You know, the one with two pedals on either side and a ball booping back and forth and... When people like me saw that, we knew we were in for something truly unique. Then, on May 1st, 2002, G4 unleashed their programming to the masses. We knew it was going to be about video games. What we didn't know was, how the heck were they going to make content around that as a major focus? Questions like that soon subsided as G4's original programming took to the airwaves. Introducing G4, the next level of network television. I'm gay! G4 is the only network dedicated to the world of interactive entertainment. Let's bring out the heavy artillery. With 13 original series and ongoing specials covering every facet of games. Programming featured on the channel's launch were Arena, a multiplayer game competition between two teams of four players. Filter, a top 10 countdown voted by viewers. Blister a program focused on action-slash-adventure game news. Uh, This was the first show to ever air on the channel. Cinematech, a showcase of the best high-end digital art, a lot of the time focusing on video game cutscenes, commercials, etc. Game On, random people across the country were plucked off the street to compete against each other in video games on behalf of one of two hosts. Whoever loses ends up getting their host humiliated in some sort of fashion. Sweat, a show focused on sports game news. Cheat, with an exclamation mark. Tips and cheat codes on all sorts of video games. Portal, one of my favorite shows. It focused on multiplayer games in a unique way by having the host serve as a guide to the different MMOs of the time, often hosting events within these games and reporting on them afterwards. It also offered a cheesy but engaging underlying storyline. 
Pulse. General news about the video game industry. Icons. A documentary-style show that takes us behind the scenes and reveals the history of important figures in the video game industry. Players. A show that interviews celebrities to see if they like video games, what kinds they like, etc. Judgment Day. Two hosts involved in the video game industry offer their opinions on video games and hardware. And G4TV, an interactive talk show about video games. The stage was set, and G4 hit the ground running. Gamers were instantly hooked on the programming catering to their tastes, and the surprising amount of interactivity with its shows. While G4 was trying to get its footing, founder and then-president Charles Hirschhorn, former president of Walt Disney Television, expected game creators themselves to eventually produce original programming for the channel. Similar to MTV, which provided music video producers a venue for non-traditional television programming. Hirschhorn also wanted G4 to feature some rather unconventional advertising. In 2002, G4 offered advertisers a heck of an advertising option. They offered what they called a two-minute unit. It was an advertising package where the ad was played as if it were part of a G4 program. It would also be about as long as a movie trailer. Less than a year after the merger, the Tech TV part of the name was dropped, and the network went back to simply being G4. Things went on to be relatively unchanged until September 2005. Neil Tiles replaced Charles Hirschhorn as president of G4 and announced that the network would undergo a retooling. And I quote, Guys like to play games, but not necessarily watch a bunch of shows with games on the screen. End quote. He planned to make the network more male-oriented. Now, I have to pause our history lesson for a moment here to comment about this. Uh, this being the moment of September 2005, where the changing of presidents to the G4 network is what I like to regard as the beginning of the end of times for G4. Instead of trying to expand on what the network had done since its launch, Mr. Tills wanted to change the network into something different, something that the viewers had, who had been watching this entire time weren't necessarily there for. Neil. Neil, 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 Neil. Neil! You dunderhead! You nincompoop! You dickweed! You essentially started the untimely demise of this network. This is one of the cases where I wholeheartedly believe that the seeds of the things going awry were planted. I mean, if you want to fix something, give it a compatible transplant. Don't try to shove a V8 engine into a person because you think that'll help them move faster. As you can probably see, I feel pretty strongly about this. In October of 2006, Comcast decided to consolidate its West Coast entertainment operations. This included G4, E with an exclamation mark, and Style. They relocated the upper management of G4 to E's offices in Los Angeles. It was also around this time that Ted Herbart, who had formerly run E, assured viewers that while G4 might change, it would not become extinct. Huh. The changes in question were being made because, and I quote, gaming has been demonstrated as being too narrow, end quote. The network began to shy away from being video game oriented, even dropping its TV for gamers slogan, resorting to one that says, stay connected. 
Shows like Filter went from top 10 video games to more of a generic concert TV movie list sort of thing. And at this point, much of the original programming from G4's launch were either cancelled or completely retooled, barely resembling what it once was. March 4, 2007 signaled the closing of G4 Studios, where most of the original programming was filmed. They too were consolidated to the Comcast Entertainment Group facility, which housed E! and Style Network, effectively moving to a smaller studio. It's worth noting that many G4 employees involved in production were terminated as a result. I say worth noting because this, coupled with other decisions made by the network at the time, showed that they began to care less and less about the network. At least, that's what it seems like to me. They started to heavily syndicate shows like Cops, Cheaters, Totally Outrageous Behavior, and Fastlane. They also tried their hand at original programming again throughout its later years with shows like Happy Tree Friends, Spaceballs the Animated Series, and Code Monkeys. The latter did get some traction, but unfortunately it was cancelled after only two seasons. In April of 2007, Cinematech, the last original program from G4, was cancelled. This meant that all of the original content from G4's launch were all but a memory, and the only remaining shows were from Tech TV, X-Play and Attack of the Show. Ironically enough, the network spent most of its money on syndication instead of trying to make more original programming for their network. That never made sense to me. If you're trying to get a network off the ground targeting a particular audience, wouldn't it make sense to make original programming for them? I don't know what their reasoning was, but it started to look like they didn't want to put any more money or effort into the network. It couldn't get over that viewership threshold that they needed to make despite making all those constant changes. In February 2009, G4 announced that it would be cutting back on its original programming, what little they had. For instance, uh, X-Play went from every weeknight to every three nights a week, and Attack of the Show would be cut to four nights. More production staff were fired as a result, and more syndicated and outsourced programs were added to the schedule. The big network execs wanted to keep making cuts, reducing what made G4 a unique network in the first place. G4 began to lose its identity. On November 1st, 2010, DirecTV announced that it would remove G4 from its channel lineup, citing low interest in their subscriber base and Nielsen ratings as the primary reason for dropping the channel. <laughs> I mean, who could blame them? The network that once prided itself in everything nerdy, geeky, and all about video games at this point had been reduced to showing reruns of cops for nearly five hours a day. I mean, the channel was now focused on attracting young males with attractive women, explosions, cops running around, arresting people. I mean, of course nobody was going to be interested in that. Not even your target audience. If you spam syndication enough, I mean... You already get that from some of the other TV networks that you don't have to pay extra to, you know, to get it as it is. Why would you pay extra for a run-of-the-mill channel trying to appeal to an uninterested audience? 
when you had a perfectly good viable audience right there, right under your nose from the very beginning. And all that effort in cutting its original programming, spending a vast amount of money on syndication, the dozens of layoffs merging with another channel all proved fruitless when they themselves could not even figure out an identity for their very own channel. A lot of the original on-air talent were either let go or decided to leave on their own accord. The constant and rather drastic changes the network was making most likely played a part. By the end of October of the same year, G4 announced the discontinuation of their last two surviving original programming shows. This would mark the beginning of nothing but syndication for the channel, leaving it as a dormant division of Comcast to maintain the G4 and Tech TV program archives and whatever remaining operations for the network like the website and whatnot. It was around 2013 where Esquire had negotiated to take over the network. For those unfamiliar with Esquire, it's a magazine that was aimed at uh, a metrosexual audience about traveling, cooking, fashion, and non-sports related uh, stuff. Yeah, I don't know either. It was obvious now that the network was only left alive to be taken over by a new entity. G4, the network, was pretty much dead at this point. All the syndicated agreements had run out and all that was left was archived G4 original programming. Slowly but surely, network providers began to drop G4. On December 31st, 2014, the final two network providers, AT&T Uverse and Google Fiber, ceased its broadcast of the network, finally ending its run. G4's last day of programming consisted of a rerun of the special The Top 100 Video Games of All Time, followed by a rebroadcast of the very first episode of X-Play at 11.30. A note on the G4 website program schedule was added to that particular episode saying, Thanks for watching G4. Right after that, the network ended its broadcast with footage from a game of Pong, hearkening back to its original launch. The footage got smaller and smaller and smaller before becoming a small white dot in the middle of the screen. A clip was played of Attack of the Show host Kevin Pereira shouting, I'm at Comic-Con! That might have been an allusion to G4 dying and going to Comic-Con figuratively, since Comic-Con was often named Nerd Heaven. The screen then simulates being shut off like an analog TV with some video game sounds, among them a Game Boy starting chime. After that, Providers displayed a network is no longer carried title card in its place, and that was that. The network was finally dead. Since its launch, G4 has always maintained a website to both supplement the network and offer its own content. It contained things like reviews, blogs, behind the scenes stuff, and forums. Since the announcement of the network's closure, less things were updated. G4TV's former gaming and geek culture news segment, The Feed, began to be featured on the Sci-Fi Channel's website, Sci-Fi S-Y-F-Y. However, that too eventually stopped producing new content, with its last article being written in August 2013. On April 2015, the news section of SciFiGames.com began to feature short reports from several writers. It was rebranded News from G4. As of April 2017, the site remains up, but with broken links and broken images all over. Nothing left but a husk of a home page for G4TV.com. A relic, if you will, 
frozen in time by corporate greed and a misunderstanding of what the audience actually wanted. Which was almost comical when you look at it. X-Play and their coverage of E3 was some of the most highly viewed programs on the network. The numbers were there. They had to have seen them. Yet they refused to work with what was there and repeatedly shunned video games in favor of a more broader audience. The result was the channel having an identity crisis for most of its later life. Remember when Neil said that people like to play games but not necessarily watch them? Compare that sentiment to the overwhelming success of Let's Plays and sites like Twitch. There are more people than ever wanting to watch people just play games. The problem might have been because the network was thinking in terms of traditional television. With sites like Twitch broadcasting hours of tournaments and people streaming just playing games, not even saying anything, just sitting there and playing games. Shows like Arena would have been just a cookie cutter perfect for that. <sighs> Admittedly, as silly as it may sound, this whole ordeal hit me pretty hard. The channel in its heyday had programming I would just clamor to watch, to see if my favorite posts on the forums made it to TV, to see if the latest trick to a game that I, I, I might have missed, to see what Myriad Adventures was going to happen in Portal, to see Adam Sessler and Morgan Webb from X-Play rip a game a new one because it was just so bad. All the reasons I had come to love the network for were canceled, changed scrubbed out and altered because suits were worried that their demographic of video gamers was too narrow. Instead of working with what they had, with who they had, to improve their programming, they looked at what they had and poo-pooed it. They poo-pooed it to an obnoxious degree and scrapped a lot of what made the channel what it was. The potential was there. Video games now are bigger than ever. G4 was like an undiscovered gold mine ready to be unearthed. But for some reason, execs kept burying it deeper and deeper by not consulting their staff, by not consulting their audience, and instead they fired staff left and right trying to go into an entirely new direction that constantly did not work. Constantly! And that, my friends, to me at least, is the most tragic part of all. Looking at this from a logical standpoint, and less of an angry, fiery hatred one, what went wrong? Well, the simple answer, at least to me, is something that I've pointed out a couple of times already. The decision to move away from video games. For the network to try to create an all-new identity after establishing itself as something completely different in the beginning. By doing this, you alienate viewers who liked what you had and you opt to try to start over from square one with next to no viewers. Which is totally understandable. Uh, I mean, at the time, the network solely dedicated to video games was a big stretch to even consider. What isn't understandable is that despite the fact that the ratings continued to plummet after making the decision to change the channel's direction, it continued to stay on the path regardless. Instead of trying something different or... Heck, I don't know, going back to what worked initially, the network desperately tried to keep its new identity, plugging hundreds of thousands of dollars into syndicated shows, hoping that it would bring in the audience that they were hoping to get. Now, I'm no TV exec. I've never worked in the field and I'm not going to claim to know how it works. However, 
I failed to see why going back to the TV for gamers format was never even considered. The viewership, albeit low, was there. Instead of spending all that money on syndication, why not spend it on more original programming geared to a gamer audience? Why not talk to your on-air talent, the people who work behind the scenes or even the industry professionals who work on games for a living for their input? Why not take advantage of the audience that is already there and make it work for you? I hope you can forgive my outspokenness in this particular episode. People often ask me why I'm so opinionated about a long, defunct television channel. I mean, whenever I talk about this particular subject, I more or less sound like how I did this uh, episode, except maybe louder, angrier, and, well, I'm very passionate about this issue. But why? Oh, I mean, when it boils down to it, I guess it was because it was part of my childhood. It helped me connect with people in the video game community whom, like I, love video games. In its heyday, the network would be filled to the brim on stuff all about video games. Uh, from the top 10 most popular action video games to Dave from Portal showing you how to complete a particularly tough mission in Star Wars Galaxies. The fact that things were so interactive, that the channel found new and inventive ways to showcase video games, I mean, it, it was amazing. Nowadays, companies like IGN, GameStop, and others do the exact same thing that G4 tried to pioneer. Game reviews, talking with people in the industry, straight up just channels on YouTube dedicated to playing video games. I mean, if anything, with how popular video games have become, this proves that they definitely do not have a narrow audience base. G4 will always have a place in my heart as one of those things from my childhood I'm probably never going to be able to see again. Blockbuster stores, floppy disks, Bob Barker on The Price is Right, that Orbit Soda with the little floaty edible balls inside of him. Gone. Like dust in the wind. Gone, but certainly not forgotten. I strongly, I strongly recommend going on YouTube and looking at classic G4 TV clips. From the shows to the bumpers, it'll give you an idea of what that network was all about. But hey, that's just another entry in my nostalgic journal. Hey. <laughs> all right, that's X-Play for tonight. Catch us tomorrow night. We're here every night. Goodbye. Goodbye. Special thanks to Good Bad Flicks for their video, The Rise and Fall of G4 TV for Gamers, where I got some of the information featured in this episode. Check them out on YouTube. If you have any suggestions on what I should cover on my next episode, or have any input whatsoever, drop them in a review on iTunes. You can also drop me a line on Twitter, at Nickabucker. That's at, little funny at sign, N-I-C-K-A-B-O-C. K -E -R. The Nostalgic Journal's theme song is by Hugo Kant. This has been a production of Grandstand Radio. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>